What up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. Coming at you guys live from Taichung, Taiwan. Yeah, on the Black Expat Podcast. I'm actually live broadcasting for the first time my own solo podcast. We'll see if somebody tunes in. Hopefully they do. If not, that's cool. I'm still going to rock and talk to you guys because I haven't done a podcast by myself in almost three weeks now. It's been way way too long what i realized i've been doing some self-reflecting after my birthday and after the new year with 2021 with a new president in the united states of america i've just had time to sit and kind of reflect on everything that's been going on right and i want to kind of talk about what it's been like being a black expat being a regular you know just being an expat living in taiwan throughout this pandemic i've kind of alluded to it in some ways by talking about how the taiwanese government has handled it things that they've done well um, things that frighten me when I read about that's going on in other countries, specifically my home country, uh, America. But yeah, I realized I just hadn't taken the time to really dive into just what it's been like just being, just living, uh, how things have changed, how things have shifted. And some of the things that are going through uh, my mind as an expat and being in a being in a completely different country uh, rather than your home country. And again, worrying about family back home, but still trying to have remnants of a normal life if there is a such thing, uh, you know, now that COVID has grabbed the world by the horns and decided to make it, you know, a dominant part of all of our lives. But before I get into that, make sure you guys check out my new YouTube channel. It's called, guess what? The Black Expat Podcast. Definitely check me out on there. Also, my Medium articles. Uh, my favorite article so far is Stop Taking Your Cell Phone Into the Bathroom. It's the article I, writ- I wrote. Um, if you read it, you'll understand why I like it so much. But also, I wrote a bunch of other articles about expat experiences, COVID, and things like that. So make sure you check that out. And as always, like, subscribe, and share this podcast. And leave some comments. I've gotten some great reviews, uh, one or two in, in between reviews thank you for those but again i always love getting feedback i'm mean, answering questions that you guys want to know and i have some special black history month episodes on my youtube channel exclusively and if you are a patron if you don't know what that is click become a patron if you're on podbean if not click the link in the description to become a patron because you guys are going to get exclusive black history month content and be entered in a raffle to win money and other things so make sure you guys check that out but yeah being and living in Taiwan or doing this pandemic has been crazy, right? Because again, going back to when it first happened and it was in China and they were like, hey, China's really close to Taiwan. And I remember going on Facebook Live and I actually have a podcast about it, just talking about reminding people and family and friends that, hey, I'm okay. Taiwan is, you know, they're fine. And at that point, Taiwan had only told us, hey, for two weeks, we're going to extend Chinese New Year, which is a holiday where most people don't have to go to work. They extended the holiday for two weeks, which then allowed everyone to stay at home, to wear masks, and to brace for the possibility that the virus may come here and may spread. And Taiwan was not going to let it run amok in the country. And I remember the first month, I think it was February and then into March, we had like 50 cases. And everyone was freaking out like, oh, my God, I can't go out. And, you know, I have a bar. So it sucked for us because no one wanted to even go outside, let alone venture out to a bar. So, of course, we lost customers, lost clientele, things of that nature, Um, all of them, to be exact, uh, which really, really sucked. But you guys know about that if you've been following. But, yeah, um, it was it was interesting because it was just 50 cases and everything shut down. Everything slowed down. People started staying home, but we still went to work and to school. Kids were being sanitized before they even walked through the door of the school that they were in. Uh, And it was just, you know, it was 
it was that extreme. And when I worked, I had to wear a mask while I taught. I had to wash my hands. I always wash my hands, guys. I had to make sure the students would wash their hands, which, believe it or not, was still a thing. They didn't get it. Kids are kids, whatever. And that was back when people were saying, oh, you know, if you're young, you're fine. You're not at risk. You won't get it. Uh, if you get it, you'll recover because you're young. Uh, don't worry. It really just affects old people. All that jargon and all those things are being said. Um, but still, Taiwan took it very very seriously. And then at the time, I, I can remember it. When it first came out, I didn't understand from anything other than a business perspective, right? Because I was losing customers. No one was showing up at the bar that I owned that I just opened six months prior and invested all my money into. No one was showing up. So I knew from that standpoint how bad it was. But I guess because I was you know, we ended up having to not no longer have a part-time person and I didn't go out. I didn't leave the bar, which is also my house because I live upstairs. I didn't go out because there was nowhere to go because no one wanted to, you know, ex be exposed themselves to potentially contracting the virus. Um, so when I did have the bar and we did have people that would work part-time to give us a break, we would go out, but it was few and far between because we still wanted to run the bar and create the atmosphere and do other things that we thought was best to keep the business growing, right? And we were excited. We had just come off three really strong months. We were this close, like a couple hundred dollars away from being in profits. We were really excited. And, you know, so we were investing even more time, more of our own personal time into it. Um, but what that meant was it was a lack of a personal life outside of the connections we were making at the bar. Yes, I still had friends because I was still working full time, people that I worked with, and I had connections in that way. But in actual life outside of where I worked and where I lived, I didn't really have that um, because most of my free time was spent here. Like I wasn't coaching basketball at that time. I wasn't tutoring. I was working full time during the day and full time at the bar at night. So when everything kind of slowed down, I was like, man. As an expat, I'm like, well, I really hope my family's okay, um, you know, because, again, March, February, March, April, you know, Trump was, oh, it's not that bad. It's going to be gone very bigly, all that stuff. Uh, and there wasn't that many cases until, you know, May, June, July when it started picking up. So the first three months as an expat, it was me. I'm concerned for myself. Like, I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to be safe. I'm going to look out for myself. But I had no plans to go home uh, during, you know, February, March, April, May. So it was fine. But then when the summertime came and weddings started getting canceled and the virus started spreading faster to more places and more people started taking it seriously as it was impacting our our livelihood, our ability to make money. People were dying around us and everybody was like, oh, this is a big deal. When I say everybody, I mean the entire world. Cities shut down, countries shut down, borders started getting closed. Right. And as an expat, it's pretty much like your biggest fear. You know, I joked about on my YouTube channel, I think even on my podcast, like, hey, in a zombie apocalypse, Taiwan would be one of the best places to be, right? It's near water, so you can get the zombies to the water, shoot them, kill them, jump them in the water. And 7-Eleven, you can get everything you need there. And I live right next door to a 7-Eleven. So if a zombie apocalypse happened, I would have food for at least a year. And I would have weapons, and there's only one way in my building, one way out. We have access to a garage. We can park inside the house. All those crazy things, you know, zombie apocalypse scenarios. We had it. But you know, as an expat, when they say, oh, borders are closed, you're like, oh, my God, do I do I stay or do I go? Right. And at this point in time, it wasn't this wasn't something that was shared between the entire world. It was Taiwan's closing its borders. And they said, hey, if you are a foreigner and you leave at one point, if you leave and you come back and you got the virus, you forfeit your national health insurance. That means you paying everything full price. Now, admittedly, that's still less than what I would pay in America price wise far less, much less, like 85% less. 
but it's still not a risk you're willing to take. But at this point in time, again, America was still like, eh, it's kind of a thing, but not really, even though things are shutting down, stimulus packages are getting released and things like that, right? They were still like, eh, that was at least the vibe I was feeling as an expat living here. But then I talked to friends who worked in America in public health, and they were like, no, nah, this is scary. People need to take it seriously. But again, I had most of my information about my home country came from Twitter. But also I started reaching out and getting personal accounts and saying, hey, it is scary in a lot of places, especially for our heroes. Shout out to Liana again, our heroes in the workforce that are sacrificing themselves, putting themselves on the line. And then it got serious. And it's like, okay, not only are borders closed as an expat, like, man, I, I can go home, but if I do, I don't know if I'm going to get a job because, you know, pandemic, people ain't trying to hire. People ain't even trying to talk to you in person. Is somebody going to Zoom chat me a job? Like, I don't know. Like, I'm worried. And then if I do stay, I have health insurance. I have a job, but I'm worried every day for, my, for myself, not just for myself anymore, for my entire family. Like, that worries me, right? I'm scared. Like, it was definitely a little scary. And then it's like, okay, borders are now closed. <clears throat> America's taking it more seriously. And... Now I have some choices to make, right? It's like, okay, stay or do I go? I'm going to stay. But when I stay, I'm not with my family, which is good because if I go back, then I risk infecting them, this, that, and the third. So it was a weird time. But then moreover, now Taiwan, again, we've been open, but not many people were going out until maybe July, August. But still, I still had this bar, right? Still have the bar. Couldn't afford to hire anybody to work part-time at all because we had zero customers for five to six months, right? So I was still, my nightlife was just here. And since we weren't getting a slew of customers, and a lot of our old customers, foreigners anyway, left the country and went home, like a lot of people decided to go home. So then people that we would interact with and would, you know, have conversations with weren't coming and weren't showing up. It was more of a local demographic. You know, it shifted to more local customers showing up who maybe weren't fluent native English speakers who could speak Chinese. But, you know, it's still it's a different kind of conversation. It's a different type of rapport that you have with them. So it's different. Um, so now at a point I realized, like, man, I need to get out the house. I need to go out and do things because if I just stay here and I stay in the house, I'm going to go crazy because when you're in the house, you know, when you're in the house, especially abroad, a large portion of your time, if you aren't watching movies, if you aren't playing video games, which are both things that I do, a large portion of your time is spent on the internet. And I don't know if you guys noticed it, but I definitely did. Even on Twitter, if it wasn't something funny going on or a trendy meme or a trending topic or some controversial or the NBA playoffs, which they kind of did or NFL stuff, it was pretty much depressing coronavirus stuff and Trump. And being abroad, like I want to know, hey, how are my communities doing? Is it safe for me to come home? Uh, where are the best places to live? Are people practicing, you know, healthy are they, are they practicing being safe by wearing their mask and washing their hands and things like that? And it was hard to get that information rather, you know, other than from firsthand accounts. But everybody, mostly everyone that I knew since my family had an experience in which family members got really, really sick or either died from COVID, they were in the house. You know, for the most part, they were in the house. So like what everyone else was doing, it was kind of hard to filter through. So when you're making a decision, you have to think about it. Taiwan was 100% open. Everything was normal, right? People were going about our business, doing what we needed to do. Uh, life was, quote unquote, normal. For me, it wasn't as normal as I wanted it to be because I wasn't able to, from a business standpoint, 
leave my immediate environment and go out and meet people and have more interactions and celebrate. Everything I did kind of revolved around me being in this space, which was great because I pay a lot of money for this space, but also wasn't necessarily the best thing because I wasn't able to get out and try and do different things, right? So it was, it reached the point where I was like, man, do I want to go back to America? Should I go back to America? It's something that I should be doing at this point in time. And life was no longer normal, right? Normal for me, but not normal back home. So you're looking at news about what's going on in America and you're trying to figure out, you're trying to cipher through, hey, should I go home? But all you're saying is Trump, negative stuff, people dying, hospitals overflowing. You're like, man, I don't want to go back to that. And then your family's also like, man, I don't really want you to go back to that. I don't want you to come home. But you know, a big part of you, a big part of me at least was like, man, I do want to go back home because if I don't go now, then when am I going to go? Because what we thought, at least in Taiwan, is that since Taiwan had it under control, I'm not going to lie. And May, June, when Taiwan was pretty much open, everything was pretty safe. Everyone, no, there was maybe one or two local cases a month, but very, very few local cases. Most of them were imported from other countries. When those things were happening, I was very positive and hopeful that my home country, America, would get it together. Like, oh, okay, cool. If Taiwan got this, I know, I believe, even with the person we had as president of the United States at the time, even with that, I was confident. I believed that, hey, America's going to get it together. So even though my summer was ruined, I couldn't go back home. I didn't want to go back home. I didn't want to be a part of that. Even though that was ruined for me, I couldn't go back home to weddings and things like that. I was hopeful that, you know, the wintertime, everything will be fine. Um, or... Thanksgiving, everything will get better. October, it has to get better. January, it has to get better. Things have to get better. And admittedly, I'm not back home, so I can't say for sure how much better it's gotten or how much worse it's gotten. But from an expat's perspective, being here where I am in Taiwan, where again, everything is normal. And based on what I see on TV, what I read, who I talk to, it ain't gotten, it hasn't gotten better. It hasn't gotten worse, but it hasn't really changed much. So, you know, you know, I think as an expat, at least for me, I was looking for a sign, a signal like, hey, it's gotten better. This has changed. So now you can make the choice to go home. Right. Or now you can make the choice to stay in Taiwan, because honestly, in Taiwan, things haven't changed much either. Like people, more people are starting to go out, but they're still, you know, afraid because, you know, the virus could pop up and spring up at any time. So people are still more cautious than anxious to get out. Now, I know when summertime comes, going to completely change because we lost last summer. The whole world, it seems like, lost a summertime. And we know how much we love summer. We love beach days and day drinking and brunches and mimosas and all that. Like, I miss that. And I'm sure many people, no matter where you live in the world, I'm sure you miss that too. So summer hap- when summer comes, I feel that no matter what the situation is, no matter what the country is, unless it's extremely, unless it's extremely, you know, uh, dangerous and bad and things have just taken a just taken a turn for the worse. I feel like people are going to be out here in the streets, right? It's like, you know what? I lost the year. I'm not gonna lose another one. We need to we need to get vaccinated. We need to wear masks. Whatever we gotta do, I'm gonna do it to make sure I can get out and have a good time. And you know, it's it was strange. And then speaking of vaccinations, like that's another thing when you're considering um as an expat considering, you know, going back home or what you want to do because you know, I don't, again, I don't get the same information as everyone gets in other parts of the world where vaccinations. Taiwan hasn't even started the process, hasn't even released any information to the public. What I know is from, you know, from the American experience. And I think I know a few people who are going to get it, but haven't gotten it yet. 
but the information as to what exactly it does. Like someone the other day I was talking to from America was like, hey, like, do you know what the vaccine does? And I was like, I'm, I assume it does what other vaccines does, right? It's a preventative measure. It doesn't guarantee you won't get it, but it's more of a preventative measure. And they're like, yeah, man, because I just didn't even know what it what it did. Like, I don't, I don't know if I should get it because I don't know what it does. And I'm like, so, you know, my question is, well, where, where are you getting your information? Like, you know, it's a vaccine. Like, can you go talk to your doctor about it? Um, is there a, a, a reputable news outlet that will report truthfully on what it is? And there's so much to decipher. And there was so much mistrust built, especially, you know, not especially, but also for expats. So much mistrust built, you know, government and policies because of who we had in office, in my opinion. Um, so, man, it's like people were like, I don't know if I have the right information. I don't know if it's something I should be doing. There's nowhere I can go to get a firm answer on if this is a good thing or not. And someone getting on TV and giving themselves a shot was not good enough for a lot of people. Oh, I got the shot. I don't know what's in that shot. It could be a shot of water. I feel like that'll kill you. But you know what I mean? Like It could be a shot of anything. Like, you don't know. It could be a shot of grape juice. So, you know, there was a lot of distrust. So, you know, again, from an expat, it's like, man, what do I do? So, you know, living in Taiwan... You know, it's still been great. Like I've still been able to, it's been great in some ways. Let me, let me correct that. No, cause I've, even though I've, you know, worked pretty much all day and then all night from full-time job and then working at the bar and then moving away from that full-time job and then podcasting and doing basketball, like I can still do things and feel safe. Like I wear my mask 95% of the time. When I coach basketball, I don't because pretty much suffocate because I'm running around, right? Kids are running around, but they, you know, they get their temperature checked when they come in, they have to sanitize their hands. I wash my hands like three or four times, even while coaching. I don't be touching the kids like that. If they fall down, like sweat, none of that. I'm not, I'm not going to be, you know, hooping with y'all like that anyway. But yeah, it's just like, I feel, I feel safe, right? Do I feel the happiest that I could be? No. And I think I've alluded to this before. It's because I feel like a choice has been taken away from me. Right. The choice or the choice and the ability to be able to plan for the future with certainty. Like just just imagine that how before you could say and hey, I'm coming to visit you in Taiwan in April with so much certainty that nothing would get in your way. Right. Now, Biden has amended has travel travel restrictions. I think it's like seven days of quarantine and pot, negative COVID tests and all that. And these are just barriers that have been put in front of us like, man. I have to travel, I have to do all this, you know, in addition to the security measures and, you know, TSA, if you ain't got TSA pre-check waiting in those lines, in addition to the the already stressful endeavor that traveling is, now I have COVID on top of it. So I can't say with certainty if from today to April, if I'm someone traveling, like you can't say with certainty if you will or won't have COVID, will or won't be restricted, you know, able to even travel. Like imagine, you know, you you're just asymptomatic. You don't have it. Like you're not you're not struggling. You're not dying, but you have COVID, and you book your ticket and you're like, hey, April, I'm going here. You get to the airport, or you go and get your test three days before. Bam, you tested positive for it. You don't feel sick. You don't get sick. You're fine. I don't want to speak that on put that on anybody's life or anything like that. But you know that happens. You're like, man, my whole plan, my plans are ruined. Do you get a refund on those tickets? Can you change it? And then you're like, man, now, now you're even scared of even trying to plan with certainty for anything in the future. Again, the absence of certainty, the what's been robbed and taken away from us is that. So it's understandable. While I don't agree with it, it's understandable why some people are like, you know what? I'm tired of being trapped in the house. 
I'm going to that hookah bar, which again, this is a terrible place to go, but whatever. I'm going to that hookah bar with my friends. I'm going to the bar. I'm going out. I'm opening my business and allowing people to come in. I need this interaction because the things I really want to do and the way I really want to do them, I don't have that access anymore. And what we all know is life is short. And again, I think Taiwan was a great example of just be responsible. I think it was fair to ask. They asked the entire island, 25 million people, give us two weeks. Just stay at home, limit where you need to go, socially distance, wear your mask and wash your hands. Give us two weeks of everybody being on the same page. After that, we'll open back up. But things are going to change. You got to wash your hands. You got to get your temperature checked. You can't go to work sick. And I, you know, if, if, imagine if the world was still open. But now if you were sick, you had to stay home. No sick days. No worried about losing money. But you know what? You are a risk to everyone else. You should stay home because you feel sick. Imagine how many days. I'm thinking about the, the amount of days I've went to work. And again, in Taiwan, it's different because when you get sick here before COVID, I wore a mask. When people got sick, they wore a mask. And they stayed away from you. So it limited the spread of their viruses they had. Man, look at that. Should have been doing this for a long time. But like, imagine, you know, when you were working and how many days you've gone into the office or showed up at your job when you didn't feel well, you had a fever, one coughing, wasn't, you know, outward, you had a fever, you felt sick, you didn't feel good. Now, after this, like, no, you feel sick, stay, stay at home, you get paid for it, right? We're going to like, imagine if that was just a norm, maybe the virus wouldn't have spread so quickly, you know, when it, when it, when it did hit America, people were actually staying home and taking care of themselves when they got sick, if healthcare was affordable, but whatever, getting, getting too deep into politics again. But yeah, I mean, like it was, it was fairly, you know, it was been a fairly normal style of living, right? Uh, out here in Taiwan and things that we've been, you know, that I've been able to do in the lifestyle, I've been able to, uh, to maintain because we gave the government their two weeks then when we went back to work, everybody wore their mask. We socially distanced ourselves. And again, I was teaching a class full of 25 students in a small classroom for the most part. Like we were doing drama and like spoken word and they were speaking and yelling, spit flying everywhere, but they had their mask on. And you know, every, everyone went about their business because everyone respected and maintained the rules. Again, I will say, not because the government forced them to, people were not showing up at in spaces and places that were crowded. So imagine like, again, we have a bar. So I think people would walk past and see five people in here. Nope, too many, not going in. I wanted to, nah, I'm going to 7-Eleven, get a beer, go to the crib. Again, terrible for business. But at the same time, we understood. It was like, you know what? We're working here too. And if somebody comes in and they're infected or they're sick and they give it to us, then our whole bar gets shut down for a month until we're fine. The place has been disinfected. Everybody's been placed in the quarantine. Like all those things were a part of it. And as a foreign business, we don't get any government financial support. Right. So like, you no, know, when I'm talking about lifestyle in Taiwan, you know, like, should you stay or should you go? And what it's been like, it's been all over the place. Like, I can only imagine, again, I think the saving grace and what I think about as an expat. And I, I don't know if people who are in their home countries and, you know, are just back at home what your thought process has been like. But for me, I would not have mind because I am an expat and I've been away from home for so long, being at home with my family and only my immediate family, only interacting with them. If I only had to interact with them for the past six to eight months, I'm not going to lie, I probably, versus the alternative of not being able to interact with them and having that choice taken away from me, I'm not going to lie, I definitely would have enjoyed that. 
right? I, I, I would not have been mad at it. I, I wouldn't have liked it to be because of the circumstances that we are all faced with now, not because of COVID, but because of COVID, you know, I definitely appreciate those moments of time I've had with family first and foremost, but with everybody, right? And I always try to put a positive spin on things and look positive spin on things and look at things, you know, from a good perspective, because I have rekindled some friendships and relationships because of COVID. I've connected and reconnected with people that I wasn't connected with because of COVID. Uh, and just from part of being an expat, um, I've launched some amazing things because of the COVID, right? My YouTube channel, more writing, more podcasting, more interviews. I mean, some good things have, you know, kind of surfaced from that. But as an expat, you know, you definitely evaluate what's most important, especially when people are dying. Uh, the risk of getting sick. Uh, when you think about me traveling back home and through an airport on a, a, a shuttle bus, on an airplane, in an airplane bathroom, being served food, it's scary, man, because my health insurance is in Taiwan, <laughs> right? Going back to America with no health insurance and getting sick, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. Like, please, please, please send me back to Taiwan so I can get my, get you know, I can get my health care and stuff taken care of. Right. And that's but that's a fear. That's an expat's fear, like living how we live. People are like, oh, yeah, just move back. No, nah, I need a job with healthcare care if I move back, baby. Right. And these are these are real life problems. The people who don't have health care are usually the ones that are still out here are the heroes. Right. In the fast food industry and the service industries. And I think I I'm definitely can relate to it because I am in the service industry out here as an expat bar owner. Right. But yeah, life has been. It's just been fascinating uh, how things have evolved. Um, the Taiwanese for about five to six months did not leave, did not care to leave. People were flying back from, you know, studying abroad. They're like, nope, my parents want me here. So that changed the dynamic, the cultural dynamic of the party scene here. There are more um, ABCs. There are more repats that were returning here. And that changes the cultural scene where more expats um, and foreigners were leaving. Some left and were like, man, I should have left. I'm in Florida and it's crazy here. Or I'm in, you know, I'm wherever the outbreak is super bad. I want to come back. But a lot of people, they made decisions. And even now they're like, you know what? I've been here and it's been during the during COVID and I miss home. COVID has made a lot of us just miss home even more and feel like we need to be there. Now, I don't know if that's going to change once everything goes back to normal. Like, I definitely want to keep it in perspective. I want to go home, not because I, I was supposed to go home during the summer. And I do genuinely miss my family. Do I want to move back home? Still, it's 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 a soft no. Like, it's not a hard no like it used to be. It's a soft no. I think in the right situation, yeah, I would love to live at home and be at home. But I have to take all these other things into consideration. So now, now is really not the time that I want to be back. Um, again, COVID withstanding, just a lot of things that are going on. Yeah, do I want to go? Yeah. But I mean, I'm just really thankful that I've been able to maintain somewhat of a normal lifestyle here. Right? I can still go out to restaurants, go out to eat. Places are packed. I, we had a comedy show here at the bar. We had live music at the bar for for um, for for Christmas. We had a, a Thanksgiving uh, meal dinner here with strangers at the bar, right? We've had you know parties. Uh, we haven't been to any clubs. We've been to maybe two other bars other than ours, to be honest with you, uh, just because of our work schedules. But like, yeah, we've had a pretty normal life. But I've definitely cut myself off for from some things, and it has shaped my experience as an expat. Right. Like I when it first happened and expats were still traveling around the island and interacting with people that they weren't supposed to be interacting with. And we didn't know exactly where the clusters would bumble up people with the virus. I wasn't trying to talk to nobody. I, you, you know, you know, when you're back at home in America, these are friends you've known for most of your life or, you know, very well. Or, you know, someone who knows someone, 
yeah, expats, we be cool. Like, you know, we be friends somewhat, but I don't know. I don't trust you enough to to risk my life to hang out with you to talk for an hour and a half. Like, not like that. Like, not unless you're a friend, friend. Like, I know, like, we view health and safety the same way. But if I see you, if we went out one time, we was at a club or a party, and I, you know, we, you went to the bathroom, you came out after two seconds. I know you didn't wash your hands. No, nah, I'm cool. I'm cool on not interacting with you, right? Like, in person until, you know, the pandemic was under control. But, yeah, it's just been, like, a crazy um, a crazy experience just being an expat during a pandemic, right, for a year. Like it's been a year and it's ever and it's changed by country. You know, some countries were hit hard fast. Some were hit hard later. Some weren't hit hard at all. Um, you know, cities uh, just culturally, how people have responded to it, how we viewed how we viewed one another, how we interacted with one another, just things I've experienced with one another. Um where I've placed more emphasis on things, right? More emphasis on getting work done, putting more things out on the internet and just trying to distract myself from all the negative that can so easily enter your mind when you're living abroad by yourself with no family uh, during COVID, right? Just kind of blocking all those things out and pushing those things to the side and not letting it dominate your psyche. Uh, so again, as an expat, since you don't have your family, your mom's house, you can go to your grandparents' house, brother and sister's house, you know, good friend's house you've known your whole life. We didn't really have that, right? You had, you know, people that have, you know, you've built community with, and a lot of that community left. And a lot of it was figuring out where to get information, figuring out how does this affect me as an immigrant, you know, living in another country? How does it affect me when I go back to my home country? America, for a long time, had no, you know, quarantine protocol, no tests needed. Taiwan was not with it. They was like, no, you have to get tested. You have to quarantine. If you are not a citizen, you are not entitled to this amazing health care that we have. And I think they've loosened on that. But I mean, it's just been interesting living out here and the way that we get information and the way things are it's delivered to us. It's just so different. Like I'm not living in it because I'm not in America. I can only look at Twitter and talk to people's secondhand account, secondhand account of things. But that's not, you know, America's huge. Every place is different. Like LA's been shut down for the longest, but they still get hella cases. I think. Do I know for sure? Kinda. It seems like it. But man, I mean, living in Taiwan uh, during a pandemic as an expat has been. Whew, it's been like a roller coaster. Uh, just, you know, just a quick recap. It just started with. Uh, me being worried about myself because we thought that it was only going to be here, only in China where it originated. And then it was Chinese New Year, the busiest travel season for people coming from China to Taiwan and vice versa. So, yeah, I was worried about myself. Like, you know what? It could spread here very quickly. And then three months after that, Taiwan held it down. All the citizens, you know, looked out for one another and followed the rules. Then it turned into, man, I'm worried about people back at home. Like, Y'all ain't taking it seriously. It's spreading. Uh, we need stimulus packages. People are losing jobs. Businesses are closing down. People are dying. And then it went to now uh, I'm worried about myself and I'm worried about America. Not myself as much virus wise. It's just mental health wise with America and my home country going crazy. Now I'm just worried about, man, when do I go home? Do I stay or do I go? And then it turned from I definitely don't want to go back, but I want to go back just to see my family, just to be there. And now I'm at a point where it's just like, I do want to get home to see my family, but I want to put myself in the best position possible to go back under the right circumstances, under the right conditions, where every where I can be at peace. I don't want to, traveling is stressful already. 
being going back home is stressful already. I don't want the extra added stress and pressure of worrying about every little move that I make because I don't want to get my family sick. I don't want to get myself sick. I don't want to be locked out of Taiwan because I have a positive COVID test. I don't want to be trapped in a situation where I have to pay thousands of dollars for healthcare in a country, you know, in, in America. I don't want to be in that situation. So and Taiwan has been cool. It's been open. Uh, again, life is it's, it's business as usual. Every day it's the same. People go to work nine to five. You wear a mask when you're in big crowds. Uh, you don't wear them when you're in small crowds, as long as you're in an area with people that you know. And yeah, um, it's been it's been okay. Like, I think I'm glad that I chose Taiwan as my place of residence, um, especially with everything that happened. I'm glad that I'm able to have some sense of normalcy because I can only imagine other expats in other countries where the country experienced COVID in a different way. And on top of that, you're far away from your family. You don't want to go back to put them in jeopardy. I can only imagine that, that feeling, right? what that feels like. And I've just been fortunate, blessed, knock on wood, thank you, to be in a place where they handled it well and just miss my family and want to go back home. But being somewhere where they didn't do that and being away from family and not wanting to risk going back and having to potentially quit jobs, pick up, take kids, uh, you know, lose money, lose opportunities just to go back home. Like I can only imagine that. So to all the expats listening, or even if you aren't, if you just uh, just pat yourself on the back and I'm just thankful and grateful for everyone that's listening or who can listen or share that we've made it through COVID so far. Um, and I'm thankful and grateful that we're going to continue to live and thrive through it as well. Uh, because, you know, it's what we do. We rise to the occasion and we thrive through it. But as always, thank you guys for hanging out with me for another episode of the Black Expat Podcast. I am podcasting from my bar, Arts and Crafts Bar in Taichung, Taiwan. If you haven't already, become a patron of the Black Expat Podcast. Click the link in the description of the podcast. Or if you're on Podbean, click in the app where it says become a patron and support me on my journey to maintaining my full-time podcaster status. And if you like YouTube, check me out on YouTube, check out my Medium articles, and as always, like, share, and subscribe this podcast. My name is Carl, the Black Expat. We out, chill.